Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. glad to be in the service this morning and grateful for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk. Uh, grateful to my pastor uh, for this opportunity and glad to be with you. And I want to lift up in just a moment from the sermonic theme, peace in a pandemic. Let us pray. Father God, we've sung the songs of Zion and we've offered up our tithes and offerings and now we come to hear is there a word from the Lord. Now hide thy servant behind the cross that thy people see all of thee and none of me. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace in a pandemic. Peace when 
used, talked about in a societal concept is the absence of hostility and violence. A peace that will let you, uh, but there's even a greater peace that we crave and that we need, and that is an eternal peace. Mm, a peace that will let you sleep at night, a peace that will keep you from being restless on the inside. That is the peace I'm talking about. We are in the midst of a pandemic, hmm, a world health crisis. The virus known as COVID-19 appears to have taken over the world. Over 16 million in the world have been sick and over 400,000 in the United States have been sick and countless souls have died. Mm, I, I can't even discuss the number that have died. Businesses have closed. Workers have been laid off. Uh, houses have been foreclosed on. Couples that wanted to form their union couldn't even gather for people to celebrate. Folks who have gone home to be with the Lord can't even have a celebration or homegoing ceremony. Hmm. In just under 100 days, uh, we have an election in these United States where there is anything but unity. Racial tension has erupted in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. There is what appears to be chaos all around. And against this backdrop, God sent me here to remind you this morning that notwithstanding all that is going on, there can be peace in the midst of a pandemic. Hmm. The first way that you can have peace in a pandemic is not to be afraid. Look at verse one and two, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. God is our refuge. A refuge is something that provides shelter or protection. You know, we do, we put, take the money and we put it in a, in a bank and in a deposit slip and in a safe. Things that are precious, we, we lock up, um, we protect. God is our refuge. He is protecting us. He is taking care of us. And when we're under his protection, we don't have to be afraid. Mm, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3 says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, be strong in the Lord and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I don't suggest lightly that we do not fear because there are some scary things going on in this world. But God doesn't want us to fear. It is not from him. Here at Pleasant Grove, we've been studying about spiritual warfare on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays at noon and on Wednesday at night. Incidentally, if you want the link, if you let us know, we'll let you join with us. We are clear that we are in a battle, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Though we are in a battle, God deserves us, desires that we fight a certain way so that we can be victorious. We are disciples of Jesus Christ and just like we don't grieve like those who have no hope, we don't fight like the world. We use God's holy word as our sword. 
uh, the in the we use God's holy word. The text tells us how we cannot fear. The conclusion is at the beginning. Hmm, not sure if that's grammatically correct, but it is correct because God words God's word has no errors. Verse one from Psalm 46. God is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. Refuge, protection, strength. You don't have to fear because God is protecting you. Hmm. Think about Esther, who was able to come to the king, even though she hadn't been summoned. Tradition would say if she came to the king without being summoned, he could send her to death. But Esther was not concerned about it. She, God was protecting her. What if Esther had been paralyzed by her fear? The Jews would have been extinct by Haman's plan, Haman's plan. But God has a divine plan for our lives. He had a divine plan for Esther's life and it was such a time as this that she should have come to the king. God has stuff that we are supposed to do, but we get bogged down in fear. A story is told of a mother and her four-year-old daughter who was preparing to retire for the night. And the child was afraid of the dark. Imagine that. Some of y'all are afraid of the dark. And the mother on this occasion, alone with the child, felt a little fearful also. When the light was out, the child caught a glimpse of the moon outside the window. Mother, she asked, is the moon God's light? Yes, said the mother. The next question was, will God put out his light and go to sleep? The mother replied, no, my child, God never goes to sleep. Then out of the simplicity of a child's faith, she said that which gave reassurance even to her fearful mother. Well, as long as God is awake, there's no sense in both of us staying up. God is awake all the time. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He is never too busy. His voicemail is never full. He is never unavailable. He is never out of town or otherwise occupied. He is never too tired to you. He is not busy watching a movie. He is not on the telephone. He is not checking email. He is not doing unspeakable things. God is always available unto you. And because God is with us, no matter what we go through, we can get through it. Ah, through it. On the other side of through, James Bingham and the Deliverance Mass Choir have a song and it's called On the Other Side of Through. The lyrics say, floating on a sea of trouble, sorrow falling, failing like, falling like rain from the sky, trotting through life's murky waters, trials form the tears in your eyes. Don't stop. I'm telling you there's a blessing on the other side of through. We may not see the other side. The light from darkness may seem to hide, but don't give up whatever you do. The presence of God is there with you. Don't stop. This word is for you. There's a blessing on the other side of through. What God has prepared for you is better than what you're going through. So run this race with determination. God has prepared your destination. Don't stop. I'm telling you there's a blessing on the other side of through. On the other side of through, there's a blessing on the other side of through. You can have peace in a pandemic when you don't fear because you know God is with you and you can go through. Amen. The second thing you must do if you want to have peace in a pandemic is don't focus on the external. Look at verse three. Verse three says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Um, it goes on, uh, but it says, 
you can't worry about what is going on around you because the stuff going on around you might distract you. Uh, maybe if I can make it personal, though COVID rages out of control, though racial injustice continues, though unemployment is high, though money might be a little funny, though we can't worship together in the sanctuary, though that you can't see your family and your friends, though you're worried on every side, don't be distracted by what is going on around you. like to listen to the news. So if, it, if I can at least watch the six o'clock news and occasionally the national news, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And since we're not getting paid, I won't tell you what station because they didn't advertise with Pleasant Grove Church. But there are times when I am listening to the news and all the stories I'm listening to are bad. Um, they're talking about somebody getting killed and they're talking about rumors of wars and they're talking about bad things in the economy and after a while I find myself getting a little upset and I just have to turn the TV off so I don't hear all of that. We need to use that same switch as it relates to the stuff that's going on around us. Now I'm not suggesting that we don't take part in any positive change in the world. Surely we have things we need to do but we need to keep our focus on God. Um, instead of on the things around us in Matthew chapter 14, uh, after the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, he went up into the mountain to pray and then he came back down and his ship was in the middle of the sea. So he began to walk on the sea and the disciples were afraid because they thought he was a spirit. But he told them it was him and then Peter, I love Peter, impetuous Peter. Peter reminds me of myself sometime, I love Peter. He said to the Lord, Lord, is it really you? Tell me to come out on the water. And Jesus told Peter, come. And Peter was able to walk on the water and Peter was doing good. He's walking on the water, getting to Jesus. But then the wind uh, started wrestling up, wind started going around and Peter started looking at the wind and Peter started looking at the waves and Peter got afraid and he began to sink and he had to say, Lord, save me. And of course, Jesus saved him. We, we are just like Peter. You know, if I went to, we got a pool over in the neighborhood, and if I went to the pool, because it's open, amen. Um, if I went to the pool and I put my foot on top of that water, I got off the shore and put my foot on the water, I'm going down in the water, so it's good I know how to swim. Um, I can't walk on the water in the natural. It's an impossible for feet for me in the natural. But in the supernatural, if God was to call me to him, I could walk on the water. When Peter was focusing on Jesus, he could do the impossible. He could do the incredible. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, and started work concentrating on what was going around him, Peter got afraid. You can't worry about what's going on around you. Hmm. We gotta focus on God so we can do the impossible. We can stay safe in the midst of a pandemic. We can endure chemo and radiation. We can hold on until we find the job. We can stand when folks talk and say all matter of evil against us on, God, on God's property. CD Kirk Franklin had a song, I know I'm dating myself because that was way back, called Faith. It says, I can climb a mountain, said I can reach my goal more than a conqueror down in my soul. The devil is a liar, I've won the race. I got victory all because I got faith. I can do the impossible, I can see the invisible because I got 
faith. Faith is the key. We strengthen our faith and we can do the impossible. In Hebrews 11, we get a primer on faith. The whole chapter is nothing but a primer on faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleases God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that the, he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, you do know that when Noah was building the ark, they hadn't seen any rain coming around. They didn't know what that was. And God said, built an ark. And by faith, Noah began to build the ark. By faith, he condemned the world not and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. If God told us to go to a place and we didn't know where we were going, would we go or would we say, wait, 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 wait a minute? By faith. He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking toward forward to the city with foundations and by faith Sarah who was past childbearing age hmm, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise by faith. Abraham when God tested him offered up Isaac if his sacrifice he who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his only son when God stopped him by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future by faith Jacob when he was dying blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on top of the staff by faith Moses's parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child by faith the people passed through the Red Sea on the dry land when the Egyptians uh, tried to do so they were drowned by faith the walls of Jericho fell down uh, what more should I say I don't have the time to tell about Gideon and Samson and Jephthah about David and Samuel and the prophets. We through faith, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. These were all condemned for their faith. Yet none of them received what has been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us, they would be made perfect. Faith is the key. By faith, we are saved. We are saved not just in the moment that we confess Christ in that salvation, but we are saved even in the midst of a pandemic. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We must focus on God through his word and through prayer. And when we are focused on God, then nothing shall be impossible to us. New businesses can be opened in the midst of a pandemic. Houses can be purchased in the midst of a pandemic. We can succeed in school even though we're doing it on the computer. We can remain calm even know the numbers keep going up. Oh, one of the big six from the civil rights movement, Rep Representative John Lewis, 
uh, died on July 17, 2020 and is being celebrated for a life well lived. One of the many things that he did during his lifetime is work for our civil rights. You do know he was a freedom rider. In fact, one of the original 13 freedom riders. He was the president of SNCC. Um, and one of the things that he's most famous for is being associated with the Emmett Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. It is named after Pet Winston Pettus, a former Confederate Brigadier General. Uh, U.S. Senator and leader of the Alabama Ku Klux Klan. Sound like we need a name change. But John Lewis and others on what would become known as Bloody Sunday marched across the bridge and police attacked and brutally beat demonstrators with billy clubs and released tear gas. In fact, uh, John Lewis had his skull fractured. His barber tells the story of having to cut his hair even with that fracture um, in his skull. But not deterred, they went forward knowing that they would meet uh, opposition, knowing that there were people waiting, officers waiting to beat on them, knowing that there was tear gas waiting to be released, knowing that dogs would be released on them. They didn't focus on what was going on around them. They went forward and because they went forward, uh, we got the right to vote. Because they went forward, we got the right to sit anywhere we want to on the airplane, although not going right now, or on the bus. We got the right to go in a restaurant and eat. We got the right to buy a house. We got a right to have rights because they Focus on what was in front of them. They were not deterred based on what was going on around them. We can't be distracted by what is going on around us. We must focus on God and we will have peace to do the impossible. The third thing you must do if you're going to, if you're going to have peace in the midst of a pandemic is rest in God. If you're gonna have peace in a pandemic, you must rest in God. Rest, I don't know about you, but it seems like I'm not getting too much rest, especially last night when God was speaking to me at three o'clock in the morning. I, I don't know why me and the Lord can't talk during the day, um, but <laughs> I'm not talking about a physical rest. <laughs> I am talking about a rest for your mind. The rest that lets you be okay, even though your loved one is in the hospital and you can't go see them, but know that they're in God's hand. Rest that lets me allow the newest driver in my house to take the car to the store. Even though I would rather prefer for her to be right where I can see her rest that lets you not panic about the fear that COVID-19 is getting worse, but rather trust that God will keep you safe. Rest, rest even though the job has been gone, knowing that God has cattle on a thousand hill and he can send another job just like he sent the first job. Rest that lets you watch one more Zoom meeting even though you're already Zoomed out because you got a Zoom at work, you got a Zoom at church, you got a Zoom with your family rest knowing that our young people will still be able to learn even though they're going back to school virtually rest even though we still are not free in 2020 but change is coming you can rest hmm. whoever Psalm 91 1 and 2 whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. From Psalm 62, one, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Jesus said it and it's recorded over in Matthew chapter 11, come unto me 
all ye that labor and are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light now i don't know about you but i didn't know too much about yokes i'm a city kid um and i grew up in the city so i didn't see too many cattle walking around but a yoke i looked it up it's a wooden uh, beam normally used between a pair of oxen you put this little thing across the back of their neck and they get to pull together so the load is not too heavy for any one of them uh, god wants you to have his yoke because he's helping you pull the load so you won't be burdened down so when you're pulling, you can still have life. You can rest. Not so much sleep, although when you rest in God, you can sleep as opposed to walking the floor all night. But rest knowing God as you. Little children, lots of times when they are out with their parents, they may be in strollers or they may be carried um, in their parents' arms and they're content to have their parents carry them around. They're not worried because they know their parents have got them and their parents are not gonna take them anywhere that's unsafe. How much more does God have his children? He's got you in his arms, he's got us in his hands and he is carrying us and he's not gonna let anything happen to us so we can rest in him knowing that as long as we're following him, it's all right because you know when the children get down out of their parents' arms, what happens? They get into some trouble sometimes. They run and knock stuff over and you gotta pay for stuff you didn't wanna pay for. Uh, they get out of the way and get lost sometime. The same happens to us when we get away from God. God does, if we stay with God, he will protect us and he will keep us and he won't let anything happen to us. Rest in God. Now, when you're not afraid and when you focus on God and not on what's around you and when you rest in God, you will find that opposition ceases. Hmm. Verse 8 and 9. It's in the text. I didn't make it up. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. God makes your opposition cease. Hmm. He, he, he makes opposition cease. Those who were opposing you now have to cease. They can't continue to oppose you. We know when you resist the devil, he will flee. When you were in school, did you ever have a bully that was coming after you and was picking on you and talking about you and making you feel bad? Guess what? When you began to not worry about what the bully was saying and just rest in God and trust him, guess what? There wasn't any fun anymore because you weren't upset about it. God desires for you to be a rest. Rest. Don't let the bullies pick on you don't worry about it over in Daniel 3 you know the story don't you of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Nebuchadnezzar had made a golden image and he wanted everything and everyone to bow down to that golden image when the music started but the boys Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they believed in the one true and living God and when the music started they would not bow down well guess what there were some folk who were watching and they told on it somebody always watching what you're doing and got too much to say and told on them and told what they that they would not bow down and they were brought before Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar said you know uh, you know, I've heard about this. Can I paraphrase a little bit? I've heard about this, but I'm gonna give y'all another chance. I'm gonna give you another chance to do the right thing. When the music starts, we want you to bow down. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, O king, <laughs> O king, 
we have no need to present a defense unto you. Um, if our God, our God who we serve is able to save us, but even if he doesn't save us, we are not going to bow down and we are not going to worship the golden calf. Uh, the boys were confident. They were confident that they belonged to God. They were confident that it was going to work and they didn't bow down. So they got thrown into the fire. But guess what? Nebuchadnezzar looked through the fire. He peeked through that window and he put in three. You right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three. But walking around in the fire, there was four. God was with them and they were not burned. And guess what? When they got, took them out of the fire, Nebuchadnezzar said, everyone will now bow down to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you don't be afraid, when you don't focus on what's around you, when you don't get upset and you do what God has told you to do, then you not only can you be have peace, but the opposition will fail. People who are against you will change. That supervisor who's been worrying you to death, they will give you a promotion. Ha! Hallelujah! The bank that said no to the loan will call you back and say you can have the loan. Uh, the opposition will go away. We can get a holiday in Wake County for Juneteenth. Hallelujah! Opposition will fail. You can write that book you've been meaning to write. Your relationship with your spouse can be strengthened. No, it doesn't make sense, but you can have peace in a pandemic. That's what that second text is about. Uh, over over in Corinthians 1, 27. But God have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world. And things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring not things that are, that no flesh and blood should glory in his presence. God have chosen the foolish things. God chose the death of, his, uh, of George Floyd to spark a revolution. Uh, there, where now people are talking about reparations and people are talking about a seat at the table and people are talking about changing things that haven't happened in, in the, all of the time in these United States. God takes the foolish things. So even in the midst of a pandemic, God can use a pandemic to bless you in a mighty way. You can have peace in the middle of a pandemic. I love the hymns of the church and one that seems fitting here. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, hmm, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And Lord, haste the day, let me make it come fast. When the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back and the scroll the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. You can have peace in a pandemic when it's well with your soul. Amen.
Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the confidence to know that we can have peace in a pandemic. We thankful that you're keeping us. Lord, I pray for all those who don't know you in the pardon of their sin that they will desire to know you and will confess you even today. Um, we ask you to continue to keep our minds and our bodies and we trust that in due season you're going to bring us through this pandemic. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.